0: starting in verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, can you make me clean? Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. The word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, you are the great physician. Father, it is you who we come to for deliverance from oppression, from sickness, from anxiety, from worry, from fear. And Father, we're often distracted by the lesser needs that we have, all the while realizing that our greatest need is peace with God. Father, we confess that we try many ways to find peace with God, to appease Him with good works and charity, by to uh, our education, our charitable endeavors, our humanitarian work, by simply denying the existence of God and our need for peace with Him. Father, we confess that only through the work of Christ that was completed in full on the cross, the substitute Lamb of God who took our place and the trust, believing in the promises of God that said when Christ died, He took my sin and gave me His righteousness by faith, that when I stand before my maker it is not an account of what i have done but what christ has done father i pray that we would be a people that loves your gospel and proclaims your gospel that the gospel would transform how we go about this week in our work our motivation and our ethic using it to bring about the kingdom of god on earth as it is in heaven Father, though we often fall short and we live for our glory, for our kingdom and our aims, and Father, we repent of that as a people, for sins of commission where we have actively done what is wrong, but also for sins of omission where we have not done what we should have. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would glorify yourself, that we would see Christ as our great position and we would see the hopelessness and helplessness of the leprosy of our soul and that we would arise and go to Jesus with a promise that he will embrace us in his arms. Father, we come to you and thank you. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray and all God's people say amen. You may be seated. If you're not already there, turn to Mark chapter 1, the final five verses of the book of Mark. You may have been wondering what in the world, what the Old Testament reading was about. Uh, Leprosy on clothes and skin and garment, and I am prayerfully, as we see in Mark, uh, the encounter between Jesus and the leper, that will become a little clearer. But I want to tell you a story, a very true story, about a a place in Hawaii. In 1865, out of fear of the uh, contagious disease of leprosy, the Hawaiian king passed the act to prevent the spread of leprosy. And this law required the forced quarantine of, of Hawaiian lepers on the remote colony of Kalupapa. And as you can see, this is Kalupapa today. Back in the 1860s, and still today, you can see the compound with steep 2,000 foot cliffs that surrounded this small peninsula that would make it almost impossible to be able to leave the island and go back into civilization and reconnect with the mainland. And the waters that surrounded Kalupapa were treacherous. Even today, Uh, Barges can only go in in a small window of time to deliver supplies to the remaining people of this colony. Eight years after the colony was founded by the proclamation of the king, Father Damien, a Belgian missionary to Hawaii, went to the colony to serve and to care for the 816 inhabitants of that forsaken peninsula, He did so knowing that he would never leave that peninsula full of lepers again. Father Damien wrote to another friend these words, I make myself a leper with the lepers to gain all of them for Christ. Do you see where I'm going with this yet? If not, buckle your seatbelts. Father Damien added, aided the colony by teaching and painting houses and organizing farms and the construction of chapels and roads and hospitals and churches. He personally dressed residents and he dug graves and he built coffins and he ate food, with a hand, with, with, um, ate food by hand with lepers. He shared pipes with them and he lived with the F lepers as equals. For 12 years, each time that Father Damien would lead them in worship, he would begin his service by the words, My dear brethren. And But one day in 1885, all of that changed as he was beginning his morning routine and preparing for himself a cup of tea. The clumsiness or carelessness, he knocked the tea kettle off of the stove and the water poured all over his feet. Scalding, hot tea water. But he didn't realize it. He realized that the leprosy of the colony had now come and taken over his body. The next Sunday, in a calm, clear voice, instead of my dear brethren, he began his worship with the greetings, my fellow lepers, I am one of you now. He had contracted the terrible le- disease because he had made himself a leper. And for the next four years, he continued to serve his fellow lepers until his death on April 15th of 1889. Now, just as the story of Father Damien and the people of Kalupapa, our text this morning demonstrates the beauty of the gospel in the midst of the destruction and the havoc that sin has wreaked in our world. I want you to know this as I tell the story and the spiritual significance of Jesus's interaction with them with the leper this morning that only the touch of grace only the touch of grace can restore what sin has destroyed Jesus, putting in context as we catch up, as we finish out this first chapter of Mark, Jesus is declaring the arrival of the kingdom, verse 15. Behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Repent and believe the gospel, the good news that Christ... The Savior, the anointed one, the one promised to Eve in the garden at the fall had come, and the kingdom of God was now working to undercut and to destroy the powers of this world. Jesus has already come in contact, in conflict with the powers as we see in Satan and in sickness in the scribes. But this morning he will encounter a new opposition, the social stigma of religion. Now notice verse 40, a le- and a leper came to Jesus. Now the 21st century readers, that this don't, we don't realize how offensive and provocative these six words were to Mark's original readers. I would imagine as they are reading it, for those who are not familiar with the story, there would have been a gasp because you don't do that as a leper. Leprosy was feared, and it was carried in an incredibly negative stigma for all who suffered under its reproach. See, leprosy, from what we can tell in the writings of the Gospels and in um, rabbinical writing, was was widespread in Palestine. And whenever we think of, of leprosy, we typically think of Hansen's disease, the very thing that the colony of Kalupapa was created to prevent. But leprosy, uh, and and leprosy is a contagious bacteria that affects the skin and the eyes and the um, the nervous system. But however, leprosy in the biblical text was not just Hansen's disease, but it was actually a wide range of diseases and wide variety of skin diseases. That's why as we read through uh, Leviticus, as Andrew read so nobly this morning, just it's strange and it's foreign and as 21st century people were like what in the world is going on in this text this is why leviticus destroys our bible reading programs read the bible in a year it's so foreign to us what leprosy was is not only hansen's disease but skin diseases of all different types, patches of skin that were devoid of feeling dermatitis and psoriasis and burns and boils and rigworm and even suspicious baldness. Now, for those of you sitting behind Jerry Benton, I have checked him out. Uh, he has suspicious baldness, but it's not leprosy. So we can all breathe easy this morning. But the, the significance of leprosy was not a medical significance, but it was a religious significance. Yahweh the god of israel the one true god the very god that we just confessed in the apostles creed, the creed the maker of heaven and earth is a god who is holy and he is a god who is pure like the sun in our solar system which is pure power the presence of god is pure and powerful goodness And if mortal beings such as you and I attempt to go into the presence of the sun in a uh, spacecraft, we would be destroyed before we even got there. And the goodness of God would destroy us when it's unfiltered because we are mortal, corruptible, and as the text says, or as scripture tells us, we are sinful. However, God is not a God who says, you cannot come near me. He is a gracious God who has made a way for corruptible, mortal people to go into the goodness and the purity and the presence of God. Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah the prophet falls on his face and says, I am woe is me when he sees the purity of God. I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. And he falls on his face because he doesn't want to go any farther and see any more of the purity and holiness of God. And what does God do? He does not wipe him out because of his confession. He brings a coal from the altar and he touches his lips to... to um, codify and to purify Isaiah, so now Isaiah, as a mortal sinful person, has been ritually purified so he can go into the presence of God by his grace. No matter what we are and what we do and who we are, none of us, even the best of us, can go into the presence of a holy God without his grace. This is why leprosy to ancient people was so significant because leprosy rendered a person unclean or impure, forbidding them to enter the temple or to take part of any social or religious gathering. Furthermore, if anybody even touched a leper, that would render them unclean. And as I was thinking and reading through this text and commentators and other preachers, I realized if you were a leper, can, uh, no one would touch you. Your spouse would not touch you. Your friends, your family, your children, you would be completely isolated. And I imagine the loneliness and, and the, the worthlessness that you would feel that nobody even wants to touch me. And then you realize that society is harsh and cruel. And social treatments of leprosy was severe. Because as a religious people, they wanted to ensure that they would be able to worship the presence of the holy God. So lepers were cut off from their family and their religion and their society. They were isolated and ostracized in the fear of that distinct, this disfiguring disease would spread to me and I would be held out of the, of the, of the presence and I would be rendered unclean. Lepers additionally had to warn, this is one of the first few verses that Andrew read, they had to warn people of their presence because uncleanliness was coming when any interaction they would have. Notice this is what Andrew read, "'The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let their hair and his head loose, and he shall cover his lips.' They had to be noticeably different than your other person. They could not just blend in in anonymity. They had to be different. And everywhere they go, they had to cry out, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine basic functions, going to the grocery store, screaming unclean, the looks, the jeers that you would have, the loneliness and the isolation that you would have He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. It wasn't permanent, and being unclean was not necessarily a bad thing in God's eyes. It means that when you're unclean, you don't march into the holiness and the presence of God. That is the sin, is to go into the presence of God with unclean hands and unclean lips. When the grace of God has given you a means to go into his presence and to respect his holiness that way. He is unclean, he shall live alone, his dwelling shall be outside the camp. See, uh, leprosy not just robbed you of your health, but the stigma that was imposed on them robbed them of their name and their occupation and their habits and their family and their fellowship and their worshiping communities, one commentator said. Leprosy was not just a dermatological plight, but it was in reality a curse, the curse of death. Notice um, there was a rebellion, and Miriam and Aaron, the brothers and sister of Moses, rebelled against his leadership that God had put him there. And it said uh, God's presence came in, in the form of a cloud. And when the cloud removed from over the tent, Miriam was leprosy like snow. Not Hansen's disease, but she had some kind of bearing mark of a skin condition that rendered her unclean temporarily, as long as she had that presence, That's um, that skin condition. And Aaron said to Moses, Oh my Lord, do not punish us because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, the whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. To have the leprosy's condition would have been a sense of overwhelming despair, and loneliness, and worthlessness. It would have been a life of humiliation, isolation, and degradation. That's the context. That is the leper in Mark chapter 1. That was his life until he heard the name Jesus. Jesus has come into our town, the whispers, the, the talk. Somehow uh, the word had got out to where he was with his fellow li- um, lepers. And stories of an incredible day in Capernaum when Jesus came through and cast out a demon, silenced him, and the demon was cast out. When Jesus rebuked the fever of um uh, uh, Peter's mother-in-law, when the, all of the town brought the sick and the lame to Jesus to be healed, and the leper immediately clung to this and said, if Jesus can do that, Jesus can make me clean. Jesus can release me from the prison of my skin. And therefore the leper, at the, when they heard of the name of Jesus, he rose and he went Jesus. Notice the, the the rest of verse 40. And the leper came to Jesus, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. See, the leper refused to keep a safe distance, but broke every barricade that was there in order to get to Jesus because he knew Jesus had the power to heal him. He didn't know, though, if Jesus had the desire to hear him will jesus heal me does jesus want to heal me does jesus care who i am does he care about my plight does he care about my condition my isolation my degradation my shame And he came and he fell at his feet with reckless abandon. He forced his way through the clouds that ostracized him to throw himself at the mercy of Jesus because Jesus was his only hope to rid himself of disgrace of his situation. In desperation, he cries out, If you want to, Jesus, you can make me clean. Notice verse 41. Moved with pity. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Scandalous. It's provocative to touch one with leprosy. And Jesus said to him, I will be clean. Jesus looks at the broken man and in his heart he has compassion. Jesus is cognizant of the physical and the emotional and the social anguish that is churning in this man's soul. He recognizes the life that has ravished and been disfigured by the merciless power of sin and death in this world. Jesus sees an image bearer of God who has been maimed and mangled by sin, and Jesus' heart is moved. Now, some of you who have the ESV or King James or New American Standard, it says, Jesus' heart was moved with compassion or pity. Those of you, though, with the NIV, uh, there, it says this. Jesus was indignant. Significant, isn't it? It's a significant difference between the two. And you may think, oh, it's... And, and without getting into the weeds of textual criticism, uh, the manuscripts of the, of the New Testament have different readings in the translation, in the, in the, um, the, the um, copying. And I believe the NIV is the accurate reading jesus either responded with compassion or with indignance with anger and we might say well these are contradictory i don't believe they are jesus passionately loves his people like a parent who loves their children and hates anything that threatens their welfare jesus loves his people and he hates the skin that is scarred and maimed and and his beautiful creation his righteous indignation moves him to decisive action. Jesus is angry. He's not angry at the leper because you see his response. He's not angry at the people around. He's angry at something else. I believe when we look at the book of John, John 11, verse 33 through 35, and John eleven thirty five is my favorite verse by far. Jesus wept. When everybody wants to be uh, impressed with your Bible memorization, quote John eleven thirty five, 35, say it's okay to cry, and then leave it at that. That's a joke. You can just use that. Thank you for the courtesy laugh in the back. Um, Jesus, when saw her weeping, Mary and Martha, and the Jews who had come to see him with her, also weeping, because Lazarus... Is dead, it says his, he was deeply moved in his spirit. It's a Greek word, not the same Greek word, but it's a Greek word that means anger. And he was upset. And it wasn't just sadness, it was anger about what was going on. He wasn't angry at Mary and Martha. He wasn't angry at the people weeping. He was angry at the effects of sin that have, that had caused Lazarus to die. God's good and beautiful creation being maimed by sin. Very similar when you see a child that is abused. What happens? You get angry, and rightfully so. Jesus was greatly troubled. Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. A few verses later, he says, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb, Angry at the sin of this world, it was a cave and the stone laid against it. And he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. Actually, he told him, I didn't put it up here, move, open the tomb. And he cried out, Lazarus, come out. And he raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus does not sit idly by, wringing his hands like a feeble old man when he sees sin What sin has stolen and killed and destroyed. Rather, the heart of God is deeply moved with righteous indignation, and he moves with decisive action to restore and to redeem his creation. He doesn't say, Oh, shucks, I wish it wasn't like this. I wish it went out my way. Jesus moves with righteous indignation, according to his holiness, in perfect self-control, in line with his character, to be able to redeem his people from their sins. He casts out demons. He heals diseases. He silences false teachers who twist his word and falsely represent him. Notice in verse 41, he stretched out his hand and touched him. The very thing that makes the leper's reckless actions so scandalous. Touching a leper rend- rendered one ritually unclean. Rather than turning away from the leper in selfishness, Jesus turns to the leper in compassion. Jesus willingly touched him. A man who likely few people had ever touched him for a long time. Jesus brings himself in full contact with those who are physically and ritually untouchable. And brothers and sisters, this is the gospel, and this is tremendous. Jesus deliberately became ceremonial unclean so that the leper may become clean. You see, when Jesus touched the leper, the leprosy did not come. The uncleanness did not taint and contaminate him the holiness of god like the coal on the altar of isaiah touched isaiah's unclean lips and made isaiah holy the holiness and goodness and purity and righteousness of jesus when he touched the leper made the leper clean and physically the leper was then healed i need an amen on that there you go Jesus said to the leper, I do desire to heal you. Be clean. It's not, it was not the seeming recklessness of the leper that healed him. It was the compassion of Christ moved to action that c- healed him. And we are reminded that the authority of Jesus, when his voice speaks, Fishermen leave their nets and follow Jesus. When the voice of Jesus rebukes the fever, the fever is cast away. When the demons are told to be silent by the voice of Jesus, they are cast out. When Jesus heals and his voice says be healed, diseases and sickness and lameness and leprosy is healed. The voice of Jesus declared the leper clean and he was clean and he became healed. The harshness of leprosy that excluded him as a social outcast was immediately extinguished like a candle in the wind. The wall of leprosy that had separated him from the temple, his family, and just the simple touch of another human being was immediately demolished. The name and the fellowship and the worshiping community that leprosy had plundered was immediately restored All because of the power of declaration of Jesus saying, be clean. The Gaither vocal band sings the song, some of you might know, He Touched Me. Shackled by a heavy burden, neath a load of sin and guilt, then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. Since I met this blessed Savior, since He cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise Him. I'll shout while eternity rolls. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. Now I know he touched me and made me whole. The grace of our Lord to the man, uh, uh, the grace of our Lord restored the man everything and more that the leprosy had stolen from him. And then in verse 43 and 44. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said, see to it that you say nothing to anyone but go and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. The people would have to go, and the the, the priest would confirm, yes, you no longer have leprosy, like Andrew read for us. And then he would offer thank offerings because God had healed him, and then he would be able to be reunited and replugged back into society and temple worship, and he would be considered ritually clean, able to go into the presence of God, even though we know he was a sinner. But because he had come under the grace of God, the grace of God allowed him to come into his presence. But you have to know, in the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, is God who is regarded as the source and the controller and the healer of diseases. The boils that fell on the Egyptians, the leprosy that struck Naaman, the rebellion at Korah and the plague that uh, happened. It was widespread belief that leprosy itself was the result of a hidden sin, though it, Scripture doesn't say that, but that was the, the, the contemporary thinking at the first century, a sin that only the mercy of God could see and forgive and heal. And therefore the priests were not performing a healing at all. They were confirming the work of God that had happened in their midst. They were confirming that the power of Jesus made this leper clean. They were confirming that God was working a powerful new work of God, and it was unfolding in their midst. That God, the the priests were confirming that Jesus possessed the authority uh, God alone had to make people clean. And we'll see two weeks from now the significance when only God can forgive sins, and Jesus says, I forgive your sin." The clash that is about to happen with the religious leaders that this is setting up. Jesus sent the leper to the priest as a proof to the priests. See, because if the priest confirmed that this former leper was now freed from leprosy and ritually unclean, they must recognize the significance of who Jesus is and what he has done by his. his person and his power, but if they refuse to acknowledge, though they knew this, he was made clean through Jesus, and they, they refuse to acknowledge the person and work of Jesus Christ, that very testimony that they have confirmed stands against them as a judgment of their disbelief and their refusal to recognize who Jesus was. The touch of Jesus's amazing grace, grace set the man free from the dominion of sin. Jesus said, don't go, go to the temple. We don't know if he ever made it. Because notice in verse 43 and 44, we went out, began to talk freely about it, to spread the news, and so Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was in a desert, desolate place, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Instead of strictly following the words of Jesus, the man freely spreads the incredible news about what Jesus has done for him. I would imagine he made his way to the temple, but scripture doesn't tell us that. But everywhere the man went, the former man who in hopelessness and helplessness and desperation cried out, unclean, unclean, now he said, because of Jesus, I am clean, I am clean. And the good news of what Jesus had done for this man because of the power and the person of who Jesus is spread so much that Jesus could no longer go into the towns and cities. And what does it say? He had to live on the outskirts, in the the desolate places, in the wilderness because he was so mobbed. He couldn't go back into the cities because the work of Jesus has testified to who he is. But if you're not careful, you may miss the significance of this text. Because we say, well, Jesus heals um, leprosy and he has authority and power. Yes, yes, and yes. But a great reversal has happened in these four, or five verses in 40 to 45. The great reversal that we can very easily gloss over if we miss. The Savior takes the place of the leper outside of the camp. The beginning of the narration, the leper is marginalized and he's ostracized and he's relegated outside the city gates, as Andrew read for us, until Jesus touched him. And when Jesus touched him, at the end of the narrative, it was Jesus who could no longer enter the city but must stay out in the desolate places because he touched the leper. The leper was now free to go back and enjoy society and family and benefits it is jesus who stayed in the desolate places where in the wilderness as the the, the 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 significance of that is it's it's foreign it's dangerous there's wild animals and it's the realm of satan and jesus stayed in the wilderness and the leper went into the city Brothers and sisters, friends, visitors, neighbors. the story of the leper and the story of Jesus is the story of you and I. Because we remember, only the touch of grace can to restore to us what sin has destroyed. The first thing we see immediately is that um, in, from this story the significance that sin has rendered every one of us as spiritual lepers i am that man i am a spiritual leper we have a fundamental problem is that we have been infected by the spiritual leprosy of sin yet it does not always fester on the surface that we can see openly like this man's body would have but it is hidden and it churns and it ferments and it festers in the deep recesses of our hearts we teach the children the new city catechism on wednesday nights in Iwana, and the question 16 is what is sin sin is rejecting or ignoring god in the world that he created sin is rebelling against him by living without reference to him like he doesn't exist not being or doing what he requires in his law, resulting in our death and the disintegration of all of creation. We are not as bad as we possibly could be by the grace of God that holds us back but we, nor are we devoid of any goodness because we are made in the image of God like the Parthenon, though it lies in ruins, is only a shadow that once was, it is still impressive and when you look at it. The problem is that we are not what we have been designed to be, to be mirrors that reflect the beauty and the glory and the, and the goodness of the God of creation. Rather, that we have lived for our glory and our satisfaction. And we have marginalized and we have cast away in selfish pride the creator god instead of living for god's glory we live for our glory our pleasure our satisfaction and our purposes and that's what scripture calls sin we are spiritual lepers for all have sinned paul tells us and fall short of the glory of god some get higher because they might be a little better when you compare horizontally but compared to the purity and the overwhelming goodness of our god we fall desperately short and we realize that the wages of sin the the um the harvest of sin that it grows is death because we're not who we should be but we've lived for our own glory The problem with our sin is that we're far too unconscious of our sin oftentimes and the pervasiveness of our sinful uh, condition. We're oblivious to the spiritual leprosy that is destroying us. Isaiah 59 uh, talks about this. But your iniquities, your sin, your transgressions, not being or doing what God has designed and living without reference to God in this world have made a separation between you and God. There is not peace between you and God. And actually, there is there is um, uh, acrimony and, and, and um, bitterness that now exists because we don't want to, to follow God. We don't want to live for His glory. We want to live for Himself. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. That is the state that we're in. And most of us, without the grace of God, without eyes to see and ears to hear, all of us do not know the situation that we find ourselves. I ask you this morning, do you recognize your spiritual leprosy? Can you say, I am unclean, I am unclean, and you really mean it? It's not just some form of self-righteousness that I'm going to look uh, uh, remorseful on the outside, but I'm really a festering pool and waste of self-righteousness because I feel I'm better than everybody else. Do you know your hopelessness and helplessness before the power and purity of the perfect righteousness and goodness and holiness of God? Do you hide your sin-stained face in shame before the glory of the Holy One that you have transgressed and you have no answer to the sin that you have done? The news of Jesus' diagnosis, I know some of you are offended right now. It is offensive to be told that you are an enemy of God, that you are an orphan, that you stand with a distance between you and you have a wretched, horrible heart. You scoff at Jesus' diagnosis of your spiritual leprosy some of you though know the seriousness of your spiritual leprosy but you are so overwhelmed with despair you could say jesus would never want to heal me jesus could never heal me i've done so much wretched things i am worthless talk to many people that said jesus would never forgive me i've done too much wrong you don't know what i've done he would never forgive me and other people are offended that I would even think to call them a sinner. My friends, it's not me, it's Jesus who says you have spiritual leprosy, and some of you are too blind to see, because that leprosy, as Hansen's disease does, destroys your eyes where you go blind, and your nerve endings can no longer feel the bitterness of your sin and you waste away as you destroy yourself slowly unaware of the sin that is blinding you from the reality of your condition. To each of you I say this. Trust the diagnosis of our Savior and the remedy that the great physician says. Blessed are the poor In spirit to the people who say I cannot do it I cannot be good enough I am a sinner there's nothing that I can do I must throw myself on the mercy of the cross on Jesus because Jesus says theirs is the kingdom of heaven Blessed are you those who mourn for your sin. You realize that you cannot go into the presence of God because your sin is too great and your your, spiritual leprosy has contaminated who you are. For those of you who mourn for your sin, you shall be comforted. There is hope for all of you who know the weakness of your sin and your inability to cleanse it from yourself. It is the gracious, gracious touch of Jesus Christ, the great physician. Not only are we spiritual lepers, but Jesus and Jesus says, go to Jesus, go to me, come to me to be made clean. The leper in Mark came to Jesus and he knew that only Jesus had the power that he needed to heal him. I want you to know this morning the heart of jesus longs to heal all who come to him whosoever will come will repent of their sin and trust the promises of the gospel will find salvation first peter 3 9 when the promise the lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but his patience towards you the kindness and the patience of God is leading you to repentance as you feel the festering weight of your sin and the hopelessness of helplessness. And this is the promise that God's not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance. If you say, Jesus would never heal me. He would never desire to heal me. He might have the power, but I've done too much. Jesus says, come to me. First Timothy 2.3 this is good and pleasing the sight of god our savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth there is no such thing as a person who leaves their sin and recognizes and repents of their of their sin and trusts in the jesus the, the promises of god jesus says no i don't want to heal you the grace of god is for all who repent And believe Jesus hates sin he hates how sin has marred the goodness of creation he hates the pain and the destruction and the disintegration of the spiritual leprosy that has inflicted his people our world our environment our societies our government our families our bodies our minds There is no length that the compassion of God will not go to redeem his creation. There is no depth that the righteous indignation of Christ will not go to destroy the enemy of sin. There is no height that the love of Christ will not go to restore his people. And we see the heights and the depths and the breadth of the love and the indignation of God towards sin on the cross. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. How? By laying himself down for sinners. To give his life as a ransom for many, for people, leprous leprous people who deserve the death that they have uh, uh, contracted. But Jesus lays his life down as a substitute that they may have life ocean park do not say if you will cleanse me but you can cry out with confidence since you are willing i will be clean wash me savior come you sinners we're going to sing poor and wretched weak and wounded sick and sore jesus ready stands to save you full of pity love and power Come ye needy, come and welcome, God's free bounty glorified, true belief and true repentance, every grace that brings us nigh. Ocean Park, rise up and follow Jesus, and embrace. he will embrace you in his arms. Not only are we spiritual lepers, not only do we can go with confidence to Jesus, but we also, for those who have been touched by the healing hand of the great physician, can proclaim the remedy of the cross. On a hill some 2,000 years ago, Jesus hung on a cross outside the gates of the city in a place called Golgotha, Calvary, naked and humiliated, stripped of every honor and decency and dignity, dying a death of a common criminal. He was a man of uh, um, sorrow-smitten, stricken and afflicted with spiritual leprosy of all who put their faith in him. The promise of the gospel is that God, for our sake, made him to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus became a leper that we may be made clean. So that we might become the righteousness of God, the purity of God, the cleanser, that we can go into the presence of God. Jesus took the curse of our sins so that we could have the honor of his glory. Jesus took the shame of sin's isolation on a tree outside the city, dying as a scapegoat for his people that we could enjoy the fellowship at God's table for eternity. Jesus took the death and decay on the sin of his body to ensure that our bodies would be transformed into incorruptible bodies at the resurrection. Ocean Park, if this is true, and this is what Scripture tells us to do, and Scripture promised that we must glory in the gracious touch of our great physician who has looked upon our hopelessness and our helplessness and said, I will be clean, and we will point other lepers to the source of, the, of, of grace, and that's Jesus Christ on his cross and we will preach not good works not morality nor self righteousness not political party affiliations not humanitarian work we preach christ and we go into the world and find the sick and the and the, and the oppressed and the downtrodden and we seek to deliver them from their oppression but we do not ignore the greatest need that they have which is peace with god and the promises that uh, that There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have peace with God. We are clean. We have been made whole because Jesus bore the wrath that we deserve. He took the leprosy upon himself and he died outside the city so that we may live in the great new Jerusalem, the city of God at his return. Rise up. And glory in the cross, glory in the Redeemer who brings us into the presence of Christ. Kalupapa was a leprosy colony for over 150 years. There are still people today who live there uh, in their old age. They have been free to go into back society, but they have chosen to live there. Olivia Bretha was a residence there, and she wrote... This letter, and it was given to all the new patients that came in there after the 1960s, when really the cure for leprosy, for Hansen's disease, was discovered. I read a portion of the letter. It says, "By all means, do not be frightened. Be scared enough to seek help because there is help. There is medication that does not work, that does work, and the sooner you go to a doctor and tell him what you suspect, the, the sooner you will be treated. Don't waste your time." For you, it will be good. You will not, not be like me who was put away. Hopefully your hands and your feet will remain normal. Your lifestyle will also remain the same. But I beg you, get treatment. If you don't, you lose. Waiting around for it to go away would be very stupid. Leprosy and what it does to your body will not run away. You must chase it away with treatment that is free for the taking. And I tell you again, don't run away from it. Take care of your future. You can have it. And if you are a patient and are given the medication, don't leave it in your medicine cabinet after taking it for a couple months. Keep taking it. Good luck. The grace of God has allowed these poor souls to receive treatment and to be delivered from their physical ailments. But the grace of God has given us a greater gift, a greater remedy And that's in the cross of Christ in the gracious touch of our Savior who comes to us who are spiritual lepers and says, go to Christ and be made clean. He says uh, to proclaim the remedy of the cross to all who are sick and dying and to point them to Jesus, the place where their faith or where their hearts can be made whole and their faith can be put in Christ. For only the touch of grace can restore what sin has destroyed.